Is that, am I here right now? Boom. Okay. Anytime? Yeah, whenever you're ready. All right. This is Raven Lightholm. No, oh, fuck. No, no, go ahead. Ready? <laughs> this is Raven Lightholm, and you're listening to the Massacast, which is intended for adults 18 or over. And if you like this show, you should listen to Freedom of Fetish, my sex relationship and fetish advice podcast, available on iTunes and at www.freedomoffetish.com. Sexy voices make me think, and that question, so how did you get started in kink? Sadists, sluts, subs, doms, and slaves, here's a place where all are safe. All Massacast, all Massacast, can you hear it? Hear it, hear, kink is in your ear Licentiously, pervertedly, alluringly, luring me I'll just be listening to Massacast Massacast Hello and welcome to another Massacast. I know I said I was going to have some uh, voice recordings, some people, some voicemails that people have called in and asked, but unfortunately, I've been sitting on my ass all week. Uh, no, actually, it's just been really busy, and I haven't been able to put them uh, together. So hopefully next episode. But uh, meanwhile, you can still, you know, call yours in. Thank you to everyone who's been clicking that awesome donate button on the Massacast website, massacast.com. It really helps cover the cost of tea. Cost of tea. Uh, <laughs> that goes into the Massacast. Also, it's not tax deductible, but it will uh, deduct the bad feelings in your heart because you'll feel more joy. And I was really stretching for that, wasn't I? Um, also, thanks to the sponsor of the Massacast, Eden Fantasies, EFCast. Upon checkout, we'll save you 20% on your order. Saad and I have actually been looking at a bunch of different toys to review. We'll be reviewing one at the end of this episode. But uh, the nice thing is, again, when you're going through, you can look at all the reviews that other people have put on there. People who are just like you, except not as cool as you, but almost as cool as you. Eden Fantasies, proud sponsor of the Massacast. Again, EFCast on checkout will save you 20% on your order. We'll be reviewing uh, this really great toy at the very end of this episode. But right now, talking with a very close personal dear friend of mine who walked all the way from down the hall... It's sod, everybody. So thank you for sitting down with me. It's been over a year since the last time we did a full episode. And uh, I know there's been a lot of changes in your life since the last time we talked in Central Park. People can go back and listen to those old episodes, of course. What's new? What's what's different from the, the time when we recorded then? You're different. You're new. I'm just the same I'm awesome person I've always been, by the way. Yeah, but you're new to me. That's true. We only, only had you for a year. We started dating of... A few months after that first episode. Yeah, it was a while after that episode, but still. We don't have a strictly vanilla relationship. You know, obviously we have DS. There's a lot of DS in our relationship. But it's not how um, some people would paint if someone were to write a kinky novel. It's not how most submissive guys and submissive people imagine living. A lot of people imagine, okay, as soon as you walk in the door, 
on your knees the whole time. You're going to be naked. You're going to be wearing a chastity device the whole right. time. You must have the gag in and the collar. It's got to be, you know. The first question that I always get about our relationship from other people who are within the scene is, so is this one of those elusive 24-7 relationships? And I always have to say no. Well, but see, I don't know. I mean, it's a 24-7 relationship, but it's not the 24-7 uh, total power exchange that they're that see, they're asking about. I, when they say 24-7, I think they mean heavy DS 24-7. Because yeah. I still, I think we have a 24-7 DS relationship. I mean, yeah, it, but it, we're not doing it under the the strict protocols mm-hmm. that we keep while we're having a specific scene where it's a total power exchange. Yeah. We do not live a total power exchange. Uh, yeah, I should say that sometimes instead of, it's not like I'm, you know, walking around naked, much to your chagrin. I know. Yeah. Half the time I have to tell you to get naked just to walk around. That's right. But, you know, there's a lot of times I'll just say, hey, is there anything you'd like? Would you like some tea? And mm-hmm. that is how the... DS in our relationship kind of manifests itself. I'll yeah, just we've, do things we've really managed to work little bits of DS into our everyday life. And I like that for multiple reasons. I like that every day you're going to be providing service to me. Every day you're going to be getting into the headspace. And if I'm there to see it, then that affords me the opportunity to get into the headspace. And then the chores may be put on pause while we go explore that headspace mm-hmm. a little bit further in the back. <laughs> and uh, I really enjoy that. Just that there's that chore list and the things that you do and the way that you say things every day that, uh, that triggers our DS headspace. Mm-hmm. And also sometimes, you know... the. And this is what I think a lot of couples worry about is that they, they uh, who are who are into this, is they worry that, oh, I feel like I'm not always, you know, a slave or I'm not always whatever. There's a lot of little tiny ways that one can trigger that. Whether it's, you know, we're walking through a restaurant and you just give me a look that's sort of just like, you want to eat me alive type of look. <laughs> In the best possible cannibalism way. You know, just little tiny things, or maybe you squeeze my ass as we're walking through, or maybe I kiss you a certain way, um, hold the door open for you, just little type type of things that, it doesn't always have to be heavy manacles, you know, chains and whips all the time in order for it to be DS. One can enjoy it in little tiny bits, which is kind of the nice thing, right? It works for our dynamic very well. Just a few uh, things that uh, specifically I'd like to talk to you about your professional career, and one is... You've started a, a new, several new websites. My partner is kinky.com. Yes. This is this came from. How did what made you decide? I want to have a website where I teach people one on one or three on one or. Well, the website is just kind of. It's not where I teach them so much as how I show them what I'm available for. I've very much enjoyed teaching, over there. The last what was it, six years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always enjoyed that just as much as as playing. It's this great and wondrous thing to, I don't know, if you you enjoy teaching people and watching people discover things for themselves and and own themselves, you you know that joy. And it's a really really difficult joy to express. But uh, yes, one of my greatest joys in life is teaching. And right now, my teaching focuses on BDSM and alternative sexualities. 
it's really amazing when you when you walk in the door after teaching someone you've got this glow about you because the person just kind of like this light bulb on your student has just kind of went off it's a huge joy to teach people and to see them grow into their own whatever that is and if you can help them it's a very awesome experience and it doesn't matter what you're teaching them i know you you teach or you've taught individuals and couples as well is there something about teaching a couple that is completely different other than the obvious it's so magical especially if they're new to it and they're they're just trying to find their feet and they're trying to work out their dynamic and what their roles are going to be what their desires are they're looking for they're looking for a way to communicate with each other like never before and how to drop their shame and just own themselves mm-hmm. and they're looking for so much and or they're already there and they just want to perfect their skills and you get to watch that but when you watch couples play Mm -hmm. that's a that's a really that's a really wonderful beautiful experience that you somewhat have when you're teaching an individual but they're not usually practicing on a sub that they're terribly intimate with or that they know very well when you're watching a couple play together and really come into their own that's just hot I know you have more classes, some classes that are more popular than others. Mm-hmm. What, what seems to be the most popular ones so far? I know many times you've said fire play, which kind of surprised me. Oh, someone asked to play to learn fire play today. So. <laughs> Honestly, by far, the, the most popular classes are the, the two that I demand that everybody take, which is the psychology of the players class and the negotiating class. The psychology of the players, what do you... Psychology of the players class is mostly helping the person in the class to identify the different types of people in the scene um, to help them differentiate between submissives and masochists and fetishists and dominants and switches and submissives and masters and mistresses and goddesses and Mm -hmm. how all these different people identify themselves and then in some cases like submissives and fetishists and masochists specifically I focus on because that's who I have the most experience working with and identifying uh, helping you to to quickly identify sub-sub categories. (laughs) (laughs) Sub-sub categories of the sub? So that you can better negotiate scenes and conversations, know who you're talking to and whether or not they know what they're talking about or if they're contradicting all of their actions. Well, let's talk about this because I know a lot of dominants, whether male or female, do have difficulties because I know just because someone says they are something that's not necessarily what they are. They could be getting their idea of that from absolutely anywhere. Right. They could have a very strict definition of what a dominant is based on one erotica story that they read mm-hmm. when they were a teenager and forever after that is that is what that character is to them. Yeah. Anything outside of that is not is not true. And, and vice versa. I I've I've heard many female dominants complain about male submissives and I'm sure this is true for female submissives too that uh, sometimes they'll say, oh, I'm a slave, I'm, I'm a, I'll do anything you want, now here's what I want you to do to me. And they'll list off, you know. And they are a slave. They're a slave to themselves. Right, sure, sure. They, they identify as a slave, I totally respect they're that. They're just confused about who they're a slave to. Yeah. So if you can recognize that you're dealing with someone who's predominantly a fetishist, who's willing to jump through a few hoops, like a submissive would, and if he actually was a submissive... He'd jump through all kinds of hoops, and his fetish would be his reward instead of the focus of the session. Mm-hmm. So if you're a dom going in to play with this person, and you don't understand 
what their priorities are based on the language that they've used or the way that they've presented themselves or the way they interact with you, then you're butting heads and yeah. everybody's everybody's end goal is to be happy with the scene. It doesn't matter whether you're lifestyle or professional or or what. Yeah. Everybody just wants to be happy at the end of the scene and nobody wants to be pissed off. Right. So if you don't know who you're talking to and you take them at their word and you don't know any different, then you can end up really jaded really fast, having lots of really bad experiences mm -hmm. because you're not able to communicate who you are, you're not able to recognize who you're talking to, and you can't negotiate a scene with fantastical people. Mm -hmm. I know that you've had uh, the jack-off journals, these little books, these little artistic books that you've always had around with you, the little tiny journals that you've always been drawing in, and now you've created a website, jackoffjournals.com. Uh, Let's talk about the original journals. Like, what made you decide to start writing in the first place or start pervy drawing? Well, I've tried to keep journals my entire life. And about two years ago, I discovered that my problem as to why I couldn't keep up with them is that they were lined. I was very distracted by the lines in them. So I got myself a, a journal without lines in it. And, and that's where they started, really. It was mm -hmm. just a place to draw down session ideas to hash those out or to draw porn or things I would think about while I'd masturbate or notes or for contemplation and reflection on on the theory of BDSM. So they were an outlet? Yeah. They were a journal. But a lot of the stuff and people can go on the website and see, these aren't a journal is usually a reflection of personal history, right? These are mostly fantasies. Well, that's all I've scanned into the website are the drawings. I mm. mean, there, every once in a while you'll find some text like erotica or something, but the site is mainly focused on the sex of the jack-off journals. Mm -hmm. And because of the name, they became a, largely a focus of uh, my pornographic drawings. But I remember you telling me that you would draw something. You'd like wake up in the middle of the night, you'd masturbate to something you were thinking about, mm -hmm. and you'd be drawing did you have ink all over your thighs or something like that or <laughs> no i'd be masturbating and i would think something up and that's why if there's language in the drawings it's usually really crude and really short and mm -hmm. very dirty language and it doesn't really make a lot of sense if you were to read it out loud um but if you were to imagine the scene happening like mm -hmm. within a frame of 30 to 45 seconds and picture that dialogue being spaced out accordingly um I would usually stop masturbating to do the drawing, and uh, you can kind of tell by the detail in the drawing how how nicely formed <laughs> the figures are, uh, how urgent I was. <laughs> you had to finish the drawing before you could finish? Yeah, sometimes, because sometimes masturbating can be an epic experience, mm -hmm. especially if you really want to build up to something. So you may start out fantasizing about one thing, and then you find yourself starting to think about something else, and you're like, oh wait, but that was really good. I want to revisit that sometime. And it's not a porn that you can bookmark or an image that you can download mm -hmm. or something. So you just, you hash it out really quickly, and then you get back to masturbating, and your brain goes off somewhere else. And I mean, you can see by some of the, the images that are scanned that they're there would be multiple multiple images done on the same day. I mean, sometimes I would take a day to myself for like an hour or so. You'd and call I get in sick. And <laughs> no, I never called in sick. Okay. But uh, when I've got my own personal time, I like to use it in the most fruitful ways. By the way, when you said you know, whenever you've got a masturbate and you really want to build up to something, and you're you're making it sound like this long. <laughs> no, I don't know what that is. 
I've never experienced this long lighting candles for myself. Oh, I don't do that. No, I know, but I'm just saying. I bring myself to the edge a few times before I let myself go over because I want it to be this really might be exhausting. A female versus male thing because I've never, I've never had that experience. Oh, never. Not when. When I tease you for a really long time and you come much harder and this twice the size. When I say masturbating, when I say masturbating, I mean, I mean oh, doing it myself. Oh, you have a routine for masturbating? Com- yeah. Start stroking, orgasm. That's my routine, right? Now, granted, I haven't been allowed to, to do that on my own for quite a long time, but I'm just saying. So literally, these are journals that you wrote while masturbating. Most of them. Most of them. Right. And you revisit them later and... Oh, all the time. Yeah. Why do you think they're always by the bed? I know. Well, you know. The, I mean, the ones that are full. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can understand the, the one that I'm still using. There have been times, the bed, I but. will say, too, that you will get up in the middle of the night and I'll, I'll wake up and you're there drawing. Yeah. You know. And I'll look and I'm like, is that, is that about... Because there's sometimes there's stuff about me in there and it's a little kind of, you know, embarrassing a little bit. But I suppose, you know, as long as it's... Embarrassing or flattering? Um, sometimes both, depending on the one. Who's asking questions here? <laughs> hey, wait a minute. And you've started painting some jack-up journals now, too. Yeah, there was this, this point in the journals where I realized I really liked what I was doing and I, I felt like I could take it someplace that I decided that I wanted to start painting some of the images. And... Uh, so far, we've got around 200 to choose from. We've got three paintings finished and quite a, f- quite a few to go. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping to, to turn my, my personal deepest, darkest porn into fine art that will hang on people's walls where their guests will come over and really not know what to say. This episode of the Massacast is brought to you by Eden Fantasies. Enter EFCAST, that's E-F-C-A-S-T, upon checkout and save 20% on your order. Speaking of jack-off journals, this is something that you wrote, and maybe you, maybe this comes from personal experience. I don't know. Uh, threesome etiquette for men. <laughs> did you make this, or did this? Did you read this somewhere? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it mirrors other people, but I was okay. just sitting on the couch one day thinking about threesomes and thinking about uh, my emotional headspace and the general female emotional headspace during threesomes. And so, yeah, it just kind of came out. Here's what it says. Make sure the first pussy you dive into and the hole you come into belongs to your significant other. If your lady won't know, your lady won't know the difference, but you will. First of all, I think your lady will know the difference, wouldn't they? Wouldn't she? She won't know the difference of you coming on the third person. Right. She won't know that. She won't know that neglect. She won't know that feeling of jealousy. Um, Does this come from a personal experience you had? Yeah, I've been in a few threesomes that... uh, eh, I'm glad I had them because I can say I've been in a few threesomes. But they weren't the best experiences. We should say, you and I have never been in a threesome together, so... No, not really. No. I mean, there was there was that blowjob training that I used you for, but that wasn't really a threesome. Right. That was just the most awesome class I've ever been in, involved in. But <laughs> that was your, I think that was your first class. That was my first class. But 
so I, I guess this is always something that I've you, whenever you see threesomes on porn or read about threesomes or, or anyone talking about threesomes I've always heard positive things about threesomes oh threesomes woohoo but it sounds like you've had such a thing as bad threesomes or not less as less exciting threesomes I felt pressured into it um, I the guy and the girl were kind of working as a team to seduce my drunken ass mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wasn't terribly interested in either of them but was drunk enough to go along and it was the uh, it wasn't the best experience. <laughs> I, was like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't wait to get out of that bed. I mean, the, the one nice thing about that experience was that the girl was a lesbian and not interested in the guy, and the mm-hmm. guy was straight, and they were kind of like best friends wingman in each mm-hmm. other. And so all attention was on me, but neither of them were very good in bed. So it wasn't, very, it wasn't a very satisfying experience. It was nice being the, the total center of attention in a two-girl, one-guy threesome, but... Eh. First of all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you had a bad experience. Second of all, I imagined if someone were to be criticized sexually and, and the, the one word that came out of their mouth was, eh. That's gotta be the most disappointing, upsetting thing that you can... Eh. Uh. Did you criticize them during it? Like, you're doing no. it wrong? Okay. No. I don't think I would have had the words to say what I wasn't mm-hmm. enjoying. What about the other three? I mean, you said you've had a couple of threesomes. What about the other threesome? The other one I thought was great. It was another two girl, one guy. Um, also known as the the awesome threesome. Yeah, there, it was another awesome threesome. And it was really kind of disappointing after the fact because I was dating the guy and... The girl, the outside girl, what would you call it, the third person, was quite adamant, quite adamant about coming to bed with me. And so we have this threesome in the bed, and I guess it became a disappointment after the fact when the guy started complaining that he uh, wasn't getting enough attention in the bed. And it kind of made it a... A bummer experience, because, like, here I am, I'm strap-on fucking this girl, she's squirting all over the place, she's coming multiple times, it's hot sex, Mm -hmm. like, she's not so good with girls, so he takes care of me, you know, and everybody's fine and everybody's happy and we all cuddle up and go to bed. Well, like, for weeks afterwards, he was just complaining because he felt left out. But, wait, so he was having sex, though? Yeah. I guess just not most of the time. So he wanted to be the majority sex person? I guess so, because we were two heterosexual females having a heteroflexible experience with a guy, and he didn't feel like he was getting enough attention. Probably because she wasn't the least bit interested in him. She was only interested in me. So what what I might have remembered as being this awesome... As awesome as a two-girl, one-guy threesome experience can get for me... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um... While I might have remembered that as being an awesome experience until the day that I died, he kind of shat on that. Oh, Well, okay. Can I just, for the record, if you and I ever have a, a, a threesome with another woman, as long as I'm in there somewhere, in the room, if I can touch you, I don't have to touch her, as long as there's something with you involved, 
I'm not going to complain. I'll be happy to run the video equipment as long as <laughs> so I can, you know. You've also started painting on the Jack Up Journals. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to start painting them. I haven't painted in a very, very long time. And it's nice to kind of jump back into it and see that I haven't lost all the skill that I ever had. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe we make your latest painting part of the album artwork of this episode. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm, the painting is still new for me, so I'm still really self-critical. Hmm. So uh, one of the things uh, I wanted to talk to you about is that you are. I, I had always heard of the phrase uh, "anal orgasm" in reference to women in porn movies. You know. Yeah. Sure. Right. Uh, you know. I don't know. Fill in the blank porn stars, anal orgasm five, you know. <laughs> um, however, you had mentioned to me early on uh, the idea of anal orgasms for men, which I'm like, okay, that just means what? You're having an orgasm while there's something going on with your posterior. You know, that's what I thought it was. Turns out that's not true. Um, I have no idea why this isn't more popular, why this isn't, you know front page news but um you are able to make someone have a prostate orgasm very easily very easily and first of all can you describe for those people who are wondering what it is can you describe what it is and can you also describe you know for those people who are wondering how to do it at home so let's first start off like what is it exactly it's an orgasm that's triggered through prostate stimulation instead of penile stimulation. So this would be the equivalent of a clitoral orgasm to a G-spot orgasm. Yeah. Is a as, as closely as I can imagine comparing them, seeing as I don't have a prostate. Yeah. So, yeah, the prostate orgasm is something that I compare to my G-spot orgasm. Mm-hmm. And when this happens, it's a very confusing thing. I remember the, like the first time you did it to me, this was like, you know, <laughs> my body's going like, this is something very new. What the fuck is going on? You know, this is, it was very confusing. You don't know if you like it or not. Right. You don't know if you like it or not. I don't know. Like, you know, your, your body is... an orgasm? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Your body's like, what the hell is this? Doesn't know how to process it. It's very confusing. But can you explain how, how to achieve it? I know you've, you've taught people how to do this. You've, you've, one of your classes you've, ta- you, you've, te- you've taught in the past is how to do this. How? I'm a lot better at showing people how to do things instead of verbalizing how to do things. I but know. Uh, the basic idea is you treat the ass like a pussy and you make the man come like a bitch <laughs> via finger banging or toys. Okay, hold on. Let's go back here. Professor, can you explain? You know, you're a professor of biology. I'm just that. Well, you see, you uh, treat the asshole like a pussy and you treat the man like a bitch that's how it's <laughs> no you achieved. make him come like come a, a bitch okay can you explain can you explain maybe in more in more technical a little more technical terms please and this is so that women can understand this well this is just so that because there might be some people who don't know how to treat a pussy like a pussy right fair enough usually i start out by asking a woman if she's ever had sex with another woman Mm -hmm. or if she likes to have sex with herself doesn't just use vibrators or external stimulation if she's ever fucked a girl 
been inside of a girl, been inside of herself, is familiar with the layout of the vagina, how to warm it up instead of just jabbing your fingers in there. You wet your fingers because the anus isn't Mm self-lubricating, of course. Everybody knows that. Lube, lube, lube. And you work your fingers inside. And I usually like to use two, two to three fingers for prostate stimulation. It's the most comfortable and it gives the the broadest surface stimulation inside the anus. Um, and you do the, the come hither thing that guys do when they make a girl come from her G-spots. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to be more eloquent than this because it's a very graphic activity, but insert fingers. The prostate is about two to three inches inside. Feels like a marble. It's towards the front wall, just like a woman's G-spot. It's pretty much located in the same place. It feels fairly similar. I haven't spent a lot of time in vaginas, so... It's important, I think, to definitely go slow at first. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is not something you can do it in, like, two seconds your first time around. Because the person, I should say, the hardest part when when we did it, the hardest part wasn't for you to do it. It was for me to be able to process it. Yeah, learning to come out a whole new way is the hardest part. The first one's the hardest. That's what I always say. The first one's the hardest, and then after that... Your body has now been retrained to, to orgasm that way, and then you have no control over it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like most about it, is that uh, in, I guess, step one, entering the anus, uh, somebody has to be willing. Mm-hmm. They have to be able, and they have to surrender and submit themselves, because you can't force an orgasm after you've forced your way inside of somebody. Mm-hmm. There's too much pain involved. Um but once you get in there and you get things warmed up and loosened up and the sphincter starts accommodating the girth of whatever you're putting in there sounds too it sounds too dirty even even for a sex podcast Uh, like you're asking me to teach people how to fuck if someone wants to know they can contact you maybe yes there we go that's much easier there we go don't ask me to spell this out with words yeah (laughs) <laughs> Just ask. gestures, hand gestures. Hand and gestures and, you know, insertion into a volunteer ass. Well, but if someone is not, someone, you know, if someone's in Germany right now and they're like, gee, I'd really like to do this, like, you know, they can't make it. There's still ways. Then I'll probably get on the phone with them and I'll say, do you have an anus in front of you? Great, so do I. Now, do do like I do and I'll start describing what I'm doing. You make it sound like we had the worst decorated apartment in the apartment. There's anuses everywhere. <laughs> I know from personal experience that the things you're into seem to, you know, one week you might be into one thing, one day you might be into something, which is awesome, I go through phases. Right. All the time. I always have. What phase do you think you're in right now? Punishment. I'm going through a punishment phase lately. What do you think that is? Is there anything particular that makes you go into phases? I don't know. Maybe there was something that you did... Whoa! <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying I need to punish you for anything. Yeah. But there was something that you did that I didn't want you to do as well as you did, or I wanted you to forget so that I could punish you. I've just been on this punishment kick. For whatever reason, the idea of punishing you for this thing that I assumed that you would do poorly or, or wrong or not at all. <laughs> you exceeded- I'm very confused by this point. <laughs> You, you exceeded my expectations, so I didn't get to punish you like I was anticipating. Kind of like I, I, I set you up for a, a for minor failure? punishment. You set me up for failure? Are you admitting to this right now? I am. Oh, what? 
Oh, this is horrible. <laughs> but it wouldn't be a bad punishment. It would be all within a role, like like the kind of punishment that we had on our our very first day when you came to serve me. Yeah. Okay. And I punished you for leaving water on the floor. Right. I should say this, that I have, not to my knowledge, I had never experienced being set up for failure in order <laughs> to get punished before. So when you said I did to something... To fulfill a wrong, fantasy. Right. I had never... Okay, dear listener, let's just let's just get something straight. I just showed up service. I thought, we're just going to be friends. I'm going to do service for her. Nothing kinky, right? I thought nothing of it. I thought, this is just going to be service. I'm going to clean for her. You know, whatever. She, you know, she needs some help, so I'm there to help, right? That's that's what I'm there for. I come back after running some errands, and there's, she says, there's been water all over her bathroom floor, which it turned out to be what, maybe a drop or two. <laughs> I found out, I found out later, and so she's like, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, fuck, I'm never gonna see this person again for as long as I have. I failed the first time, and it turns out it was just a setup <laughs> in order to play. First of all, you don't need. A reason to play. I know, you know I don't, but I still like them. You just like the you 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 enjoyed the you enjoyed watching me shit myself. Is that what it was? Just to be. I love the abuse of power. Right. On occasion, I like to abuse the power of my role. Yeah. But it's always within a consensual content. Yeah, but what context. I'm again, what I'm saying is, is I had never been set up for failure before, and I was like, oh my god, this is horrible. I did something it's wrong, like, and just surprise! like surprise. We're gonna play. Right. But, you don't know it yet. Right. But this is all going according to plan. And this is really it was really so I'm still I still get like nervous and upset with myself. I do admit that was really unfair of me on the very first day because we had not negotiated play whatsoever. Like you had to, you didn't have to negotiate play with me, first of all. And while I knew that, still I owed it to you to negotiate play. So what I'm saying I is, should know better. So here it is. I knew just you would over go for a it, year though. later. And you're still trying to set me up for failure? <laughs> I don't even know what this thing was, by the way. Okay. Well, we'll see what it is. Maybe, apparently, it doesn't don't... matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. I was looking for anything. It was anything. It was any any chore that I had assigned to you that I gave you a blanket statement. This needs to be done. But I didn't tell you exactly how I wanted it to be done or to what level. And when I thought about sending you the elaboration i was like oh no it'd be more fun to punish him for it well you're a horrible person and that's all i have to say to that love you okay <laughs> um i have very recently experienced and I've, we've experienced this in the past but it's been a little while with you what i would call severe tease and denial <laughs> um I, well, let's just let's just put it this way. Let's say, for the sake of argument, you teased someone. You know, had them aroused. You had sex with them. Didn't allow them to orgasm. And you did this for what felt like months and months and months, right? But in all actuality, it was less than twenty-four hours. I'm saying it felt like months and months and months. Sake of argument. Um, especially since normally you let this person orgasm many times over the course of you know whatever. Then of course it's gonna. 24 hours is going to seem like a long... Anyway. Um, <laughs> and let's say you tease this person until they... You know, mercilessly tease this person until they are drawn to tears. Uh, and only when they start to have a, a tear rolling down their face do you force them to orgasm. The question is, what's up with that? 
<laughs> What's up with that? What's up with that? Is my question. Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude? So it's the pleasure out of someone else's discomfort? Yes. I enjoy watching you suffer. This person. You enjoy watching this person. <laughs> this person suffer, yes. Right. I enjoy watching Sake this argument. person suffer. The frustration, the need, the urgency, the begging becomes so much more entertaining. So much more entertaining. So much more colorful. Um, yeah, it's just... It's something that... It's better than watching a movie. <laughs> Honestly, you could make me cry by caning me uh, a lot or causing me other some sort of pain. What is it specifically about teasing? Tears of frustration. Yeah? Yes. Reducing you to that. I haven't cried so much about not having since sex since I was in high school. And that was <laughs> completely different reason. Oh. It's, it's easy to make somebody cry from pain. Yeah. Yeah, it, it can be a little more subtle and a little more challenging to make somebody cry from frustration. Especially when you're constantly, you're receiving stimuli and you're getting what you ask for, except for one thing. I should say, I don't want people to think I'm a total pansy, because this was not like, oh, she didn't have sex with me for one day. This was a matter of... Me having sex with you repeatedly. And, and also going out of your way to... Frustrate yes. and deny. And this was, so this wasn't just like one day without sex, right? This was one day with a lot of sex, but no orgasm. All right, I just wanted to talk about that. I just wanted, I have no, you just I have wanted no an explanation. I wanted for... an explanation. I had no, I have no follow-up. The, the defense rests, Your Honor. Uh, okay, these are questions from Formspring. Uh, you can uh, go to, if, you're for, you know, if you go to formspring.me forward slash Massacast, or you can, on the front of the Massacast uh, website, you can see a little thing uh, to submit your own question. A few questions. Do you want to do them shotgun style? Sure. Okay. If you were given a brand new yacht, what would you name it? Kiss Kiss. I feel like this is like a lightning round thing. What kink-friendly superpower would you like to have? Telekinesis. Can you explain? The ability to use my mind <laughs> as if it were my hand. Right. But yes, I could... Pin you, grab you, I could be in the middle of something else altogether and just be like, oh crap, I forgot this in the other room and just go, mmm, and voila, oh, there it is. Right, right there at arm's reach. Or even uh, Green Lantern's power ring would do the same thing too. Yeah, I guess you're right. The but then I would have to wear a ring all the time and I might lose it inside your ass when I'm fisting you. And, you know, I'd rather just have the ability innately than to rely on an object that could be lost through insertion. See, this is going to make the Massacast sound extremely nerdy all of a sudden. If you lost your Green Lantern ring in my ass, that would be covered under the In Darkest Night. <laughs> um, has your desire for more and more crazy things increased since you first started? Absolutely. To a point where I've had to, uh, had to do some really dark, deep soul searching and bring myself back into the light. Um, okay, I'm going to not be afraid by the answer and just kind of go on to the next answer. Uh, You're in love with the sadist. What do you want me to say? What's the one kink or kinky thing that when you hear about it, you find inherently amusing? Alliteration style humiliation. Can you explain? I always laugh at them. The people who get off on it, the people who do it, I can't help it. I feel like it's, it's like the Dr. Seuss of an in 
intelligent adult activity. Can it's, you give an it's explanation? Too Can you give an explanation of what it is? Of what alliteration, humili- humiliation, Dalmatian plantation is? <laughs> you will never get me to say okay say what i'm talking about i cannot i cannot bring myself to utter it's what humiliation um, via alliteration i just i cannot do it it's what i think the riddler used to do like batman you bouncing bumbling pretty much okay yeah. yeah two comic book references in one episode high five before you go do you want to talk about this um sex toy this is called uh billy it's just called billy it is specifically a prostate massager. Now, when we got this sent to us, I was like, holy crap, this thing is really nice. It's, it, yeah, it's very pretty, and the materials that it's made out of are very nice. It's nice to the touch. It, it almost seems a shame to put a condom on it, which is what I do inherently with all things that go in the butt. Um, this one, I just might have to break that habit with. Because I touch it and it, it feels nice. It feels velvety, mm-hmm. but not sticky. It feels velvety like a, a real penis. So this one I may I may end up using it next time on you without a rubber on it. But, this would work uh, on women too, I think, though. That's the yeah, other they have, or at least they used to. I know they have a larger model that's not specifically billed as a prostate massager that uh, is a different color <laughs> that uh, a friend of mine has. And... I used it on him to achieve 168 anal orgasms in an hour and a half. So I know they work really well. Holy crap. This one's a little bit smaller, and I find it a little more frustrating to hold. It might be better for somebody with small hands Mm -hmm. or a really tight ass. Um, I liked the larger grip on the female version Mm -hmm. better. Um, But the material is really nice. It 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 still works. It still works. It's it's almost like you're getting the, uh, the BMW of prostate massagers. It's, it's got an iPod type control thing going yeah. on that that I can figure out because it's kind of user friendly, but I've never really read the uh, the instructions on any of these to know what I'm doing when I push the buttons. It just works. I just keep pushing them until I get to something that I like. Yeah. And <laughs> it's really slick. I'm, I'm really impressed with it. Uh, it. It's a pretty design. Again, if uh, B-I-L-L-Y prostate massager uh one of the things that i like about this is that the plug where you plug it into charge it has this little rubber cap thing that goes over it and while i'm not submerging or submerging my vibrators i like that i can go over it with a really wet cloth without worrying that i'm getting too much fluid inside the the female end and i don't know that that's ever really been a problem with any of my vibrators before but it's something that i'm always conscious of while i'm cleaning my toys is watching out for their components and Try not to wash the vagina on it. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and I like that this has a rubber cap on the end. It, it gives me this added sense of security, like it's wearing a condom to protect itself. It's really cool. And another thing I like about the Eden Fantasies website, intensity level, four out of five rooms, <laughs> noise level, two Bs. So that's pretty cool. Uh, again, you can go to EdenFantasies.com and uh, check that out along with the other toys. We're going to be uh, reviewing the... G-Spot stimulator that we got from Eden Fantasies uh, on the next episode. And I can't wait to use that on you. The upper hand is on the other foot. <laughs> EF cast to save 20%. And uh, we will see you in a couple weeks. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.